Welcome to the Pro Football Network Betting Podcast. I'm your co-host and Chief Content Officer, David Behrman, alongside uh, my partner in crime, Director of Betting, Brian Lewis, and it seems like every other week, special guest, fantasy and betting analyst, Kyle Soppy, here to talk about some Thanksgiving games as well as Black Friday, a game on Black Friday for the first time that I can remember. Uh, got some exciting games. Gentlemen, are you ready to eat some turkey and watch some football? Let's do it. In and reverse as Scott order. Van Pelt, as Scott Van Pelt said last night during Bad Beats, you don't have to bet all the games. You can enjoy your turkey and bet some of the games, or you can bet them all. And if you're going to bet them all, we're here to talk about it. We're going to talk about the Thanksgiving slate, three games, Cowboys and Lions as normal, and then the Sunday night game, this is the Thursday night game between the Seahawks and the Niners, and then we'll talk about a special Black Friday game with the Dolphins and Jets. So let's just get to it, talk about the Packers and the Lions. That's our 1230 game on Thanksgiving Day. As always, the Lions hosting Thanksgiving Day. But what is not normal is the Lions giving seven and a half points on Thanksgiving Day. Um, the, the total is 47 and a half. We're not used to the Lions being in this situation. I was just looking up some stats before the broadcast the first time since 2016 that they've been in the division lead on Thanksgiving Day. They were tied with the Vikings then, and then they beat the Vikings, and that was also the last time the Lions won on Thanksgiving Day, having not won since 2016. Kyle, I'm going to start with you. You're Packers there. You're a Packers fan. Uh, What do you think about this game on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad we're going to have distractions with food on the table and family around. Like, I'm not looking forward to this. The first game between these two was ugly. It was one-sided. Green Bay scored right off the bat. Then Detroit controlled the game the rest of the way. I'm not picking a side. A touchdown and a half is a lot to lay in division. So I'm going to go under 47 and a half points in this spot. Green Bay hasn't seen a game score over 43 points since September. So I'm going under 47 and a half as my play on the total in this one. That's lovely. I love when people pick unders. I'm an under machine, as you guys know. This one's a little tough because the Lions have that really good offense. Brian, what do you think of this one? Yeah, this makes me a little bit more nervous now because Kyle pays more attention to the Packers as a Packers fan with him going with the under. I'm almost leaning towards the Packers getting the 7.5 and and potentially over. I mean, look at the Lions defense in recent weeks. Kyle mentioned that the Packers have a total over 43 points since uh, September. Look at the lines. They got 26 points to the Bears, uh, 38 points to the Chargers, uh, 14 points to the Raiders. Josh McDaniels got fired after that game. 38 points to the Ravens. Their defense, I just think that with Jordan Love, who's been playing a lot better recently since the first six weeks of the season, Jordan Love, 57% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, 7 picks, 79 QB rating, 6.5 yards per attempt. Since then, up to 63% completion percentage, Six to three touchdown interception ratio, and his QB rating is up 10 points, and his yards per attempt is up like 0.7 yards. There's a pretty significant jump in improvement, especially for a young, inexperienced quarterback with, as Kyle knows, probably the youngest inexperienced offense in the NFL. Yeah, it's a mess. But I was I was really fan that offense a lot more earlier this season, but now they're starting to come around a little bit. And look at the Lions defense since week seven. 30th and drop back EPA and 32nd drop back success rate. And that's come against like Justin Fields, one of those quarterbacks last week. Aiden O'Connell was not even, I don't even remember who the Raiders quarterback was for that game, but point still stands. I just think that in the, the total, I lost a little bit of value of it. It's moved up two points. So maybe I'll wait and see what playing that over, but uh, give me the Packers getting plus seven and a half. So Soppy's on the under 
We have Brian leaning towards the over, but he also wants the seven and a half at the Packers, and I'm going to go with the Lions. So we're all over the board on this one. I like uh, it. I mean, the Lions, to me, are the real deal this year. Uh, 16 and four, last 20 games. 16 and four against the stre- against the spread as well over that stretch. That includes sweeping the Packers last season. Kyle alluded to the game earlier this year when the Packers when that when the Lions smashed the Packers in Lambeau and primetime. They won both games last year as an underdog, so that's three straight games they've won all as an underdog. I don't think this one's going to be any single any different. Uh, I mean, yeah, the Packers, they, they got the win last week against the Chargers team that always melts down. I don't really like the hook here, so I'll pay the 25 cents to get it at minus seven, but I could definitely see why you'd want seven on the hook. Before I move on to the next one, Kyle's raising his hand. You can't see it because it's audio only, but what do you got? Yeah, you want the sharp way to take your lines? Just take them in the first half, lay the four and a half points. Here's, I came across this today, and I, I still don't believe it. I got to fact check it or something. Green Bay, 31st in first half scoring this year, first in second half scoring. So if they're going to get the job done for Brian, it's going to come in the second half when they're trying to catch up here. So if I'm playing this game as far as the spread goes, Lions minus four and a half in the first half. They're the inverse Chiefs, as you guys it's, saw in uh, last bad. night's game. The Chiefs were second half scoring team. But I got another suggestion for this game. And for you, David, if you're like the Lions and don't want to lay the seven and a half, it seems like a great teaser spot with the Lions and the 49ers. Yes, and I actually uh, wrote in the column that's going to be released on Thanksgiving morning, I did write I would use the Lions at minus seven, and I would use them in teaser legs. Um, I even wrote there that the that the Niners could be a teaser leg. Uh, there are a couple of different ways to go with it. So you could have a Thanksgiving teaser with the Niners, and we'll talk about that game in a couple of minutes, depending on where you get that game at. Uh, but many different ways to do it. Kyle likes the over. Brian likes the under and the points. I like the Lions, and Kyle even gave the first half number at four and a half to take with your Lions. You know, they didn't face very well against the Bears, uh, but sometimes you got to win ugly to be a contender like the Dolphins did against the Ravens last week. We'll talk about them in a few minutes. But good teams win big games, and good teams win ugly games as well. Uh, Moving on to the game that will be on in uh, front of most households while you're eating your turkey dinner, unless you're eating really, really early in the day. The Dallas Cowboys uh, riding a winning streak of blowing out a couple of teams, uh, laying 10.5, 48.5 against the Washington Commanders, who have been in a whole host of trouble getting swept by the New York Giants last week. Um, before I get to my play, we'll start with Brian. Brian, you love both these teams. What do you think? Yeah, I, if there's any team I hate the most in football right now, it's the Commanders for having me lose in my survivor pool last week. Mm. Six turnovers. That was basically the gods is telling me that, like, this is what you get for picking the commanders in Survivor. Like, what a disgrace that game was. But I might have to take the commanders here. This just seems like another... I might have been a week too early last week with thinking that it was too many points for the Cowboys coming off another blowout win on the road. But this one, short week, division rival. We've seen commanders kind of play up to their competition this year and play down to their competition with two really competitive games against the Eagles. And Cowboys just... A double-digit favor three weeks in a row to cover a big number three weeks in a row. And not that this matters whatsoever because not a single Cowboys player has was on a lot of these teams. But Cowboys haven't covered on Thanksgiving since before since at least before 2011, which is pretty nuts. Wow. 1-11 ATS over that time span. Actually, they covered one time, too. They covered in 2018, so there was some overlap with this team. But point still stands that this team likes to disappoint and embarrass themselves on Thanksgiving. And... <laughs> 
one thing to note here that similar to the Packers-Lions game, the total has uh, went gone up two points, which is pretty crazy. And if I'm going to look for one play here besides uh, maybe side with the Commanders, I think maybe their team total over. I mean, look at the Cowboys games. They've been 10-plus favorites. Small sample size, three games. Over is 2-1. and one. But look at the offense they played against. This was the Cardinals in week three with Josh Dobbs. They end up losing that game. Dak's been a much better quarterback since. I think that was just an aberration for Dallas. Giants at Tommy DeVito. And then Carolina last week with Bryce Young. That was the one team that they went against a double-digit favorite. They didn't hit the over. But put the Commanders offense next to the Panthers offense. It's a night and day difference. And another thing going for the Commanders here is I don't think they'll have six turnovers again. That's the craziest like bad turnover luck I've ever seen. Team total right now at like the most even action, most even odds is 17 and a half at DraftKings. Word of mind taking a flyer on that. Al, your thoughts? I'm going to go under here, under 48 and a half. I think this game goes one of two ways. Either Dallas boat races them or it's a close game. And if it's close, Washington's not keeping this close in the mid-20s. So it's it'd be like 20 to 17 late or something along those lines. I'm going under 48 and a half. These are two teams that operate under under average when it comes to pace of play. And like I said, either one of those game scripts works in my favor. If this thing's 30 to 10, like I, I'm still cashing this under ticket. So under 48 and a half on Thanksgiving for me. If you listen to this pod or read our articles, you know exactly where I'm going with this next one. I've done it every single week since week three. When the commanders are playing, I take the over on the wide receiver one of the opposing team. Uh, ever since week two, it has hit in 10 consecutive weeks. I jumped on it week three, played it every single week, and the only week I lost was last week because, quite frankly, the Giants don't have a wide receiver one, and I picked no. the wrong one. I picked Jalen mm. Hyatt when it was Darius Slayton who wound up going for 85 yards and hitting his over. So if you chose the right receiver or wide receiver one on all teams that have one um, and chose the right Giants one, you could be at 10 consecutive weeks of taking the over. Now, CeeDee Lamb's number is 90 and a half at ESPN bet. People might say that's too high. A.J. Brown was 93 and a half when they played three weeks ago, and I went over and hit 88 yards at halftime in route to an eight-catch, 130-yard, two-touchdown game. So a wide receiver, usually the number one wide receiver, on the opposing team has absolutely smashed the over every single week. CeeDee Lamb averaging 101 yards per game this season. You only got to get 91. He might have that by halftime. Real quick, do you know who the commanders are playing next week? I have not looked that far ahead. Who are they playing next week? Your Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah, of course. Right, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Over 200 yards. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I want to know. the ladder? <laughs> yeah, that, might, that line might open at 100. Who knows? It might. It might. I mean, if A.J. Brown smashes 93 and a half and C. Lamb's going to smash a 90 and a half and nobody can guard Tyreek Hill, that's going to be a high number. That literally could be in the hundreds for sure. Yeah. So um, that's where I'm going in that game. It's an auto play for me already taken. Uh, hopefully the number won't go too high before you listen to this podcast and take it. Uh, moving on to the night game, and uh, I can tell you guys I, I love the fact that they added the night game Thanksgiving. All due respect to college football and all the nice games they have. Nothing like having multiple options uh, while trying to digest all of that turkey dinner uh, that you had. Uh, we got the nightcap is in Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks are getting six and a half. Some places it's seven. 43 and a half is the total. I'll start with you, Kyle. NFC West battle. Who do we like here? I'll go the Niners. It's under the seven, so you get 
kind of leverage on a key number here. Six of their seven wins this season by double figures. I think they could do that again in this divisional spot. I understand wanting to get the points in a divisional game at home if you're pulling for Seattle here. I'm just not into Geno Smith. I think what we saw last year was the aberration, not the rule. What we saw for the decade prior, that might be a better indicator. Brock Purdy obviously was perfect last week with the QB rating. That's not here to stay, but this team's scoring 30 points every single week when he's there with Debo Samuel. That's going to be the case here. I don't think Seattle gets much past 20. That means 30 is enough to get me here. That's what he likes. Brian, what about you? Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. As long as it stays under a touchdown, I feel pretty confident laying the points with the the 49ers this was at six at one point and we're starting to see six be a little bit more of a key number now with two point conversions right. and just how these games are shaking out nowadays. But honestly, like we're coming off a game where the Eagles had a big win on Monday night against defending champs and they're nine or one. But when teams are at full strength, I think the 49ers are the best team in football. And I'm not going to say it's not even close, but I feel like pretty confident saying that it's because they've been pretty much a well-oiled machine when they are at full strength. They've gone over their team total over in every game that they've had their entire starting line, starting offense healthy. And this Seahawks defense, when they played against teams that rank in the top half offensive this year in yards per game, Lions, 31 points, 418 yards. Ravens, 37 points, 515 yards. The Commanders, who are 16th, 26 points, 356 yards. I've been hitting a lot of 49ers team total overs and wouldn't mind running it back again in this one. Last week was the first time they didn't score 30 points or more when they had their offense totally healthy. Could easily happen here against a really overrated Seahawks team, Seahawks defense. I'm with Kyle about how Geno's last year could have been an aberration, one of those classic. Not compared to Case Keenum that year of the Vikings because Geno so is playing better now than Keenum did post-2017. But one of those like anomaly breakout years when you're in your early 30s and is this comes after I saw QB rankings one point earlier this season that had Geno above my guy Jalen and above uh, David's guy Tua. Yeah, and I mean we're gonna have our first community pot game right here. I, not much go. I can add to this. We're all three on the same side. They swept the season series last year. They won by twenty and by eight. Geno Smith's a little bit banged up, and the last thing you want to be going into a Niners defense is banged up. Um, Maybe he finishes the game. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, it's funny we laugh at it now. Entering the bye week, they had lost three straight games. What's wrong with the Niners? What's wrong with the Niners? Uh, and since then, they've just smashed Jacksonville and Tampa. They're the best team in the division, and they may very well be the best team in the conference or the league. Uh, be interesting to see them and the Eagles do battle again, maybe in the NFC title game Ooh. again. Maybe they'll have a quarterback all game long and not have Christian McCaffrey running the Wildcat. Well, they played um, a couple weeks. They do play in a couple of weeks, and then they might yeah. be playing again in the NFC title game. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so we're all on the Niners minus six and a half there. Remember, uh, the PFN merchandise store is now open and just in time for the holiday season. Visit PFN Merch, that's M-E-R-C-H dot com, for exclusive shirts, sweaters, hats, and more for the football fan in your life. Act now and take advantage of Black Friday deals and go to the PFN Merch dot com today to get all of your PFN merchandise I have the shirts. I have the hats. Pretty good stuff. They also have some very funny shirts that you might want to get as stocking stuffers for your family. Um, good stuff out there. PFNmerch.com. So that wraps up the three Thanksgiving games. But we're not done yet here. I didn't bring Kyle onto the show just to talk for 15 minutes about Thanksgiving Day games. We got a Black Friday game. Black Friday game. Dolphins, Jets from the Meadowlands. I will be putting my 16-27 and 27 road record on the line. Uh, to go to another Dolphins-Jets game out there, 7-7 seven and seven against the Jets, by the way, and a 
five and two record in the new stadium. Just throw that out there. Seven uh, seven against the Jets. That's pretty bad. Seven and I lost the first four when I moved to Connecticut. Well, even okay. one predating Connecticut. I went with my brother to see a really good Cleo Lemon led Dolphins team lose on Sunday night football in the Meadowlands, the old stadium. Back in oh, 2002, wow. during a Marlins road trip, it was me and my brother decided to go do New York City for the first time and ended up at the Meadowlands, and it was not a pretty game. Chris Chambers caught the game-winning touchdown, overruled, Chad Johnson rule, all that. Not the um, Des Bryant rule, Chad uh, – not Chad Johnson. Um, Megatron ruled. Yeah, the whole, yeah Megatron Johnson. didn't hold on to the ball. They ruled it incomplete. Stadium went bananas. I ran out as fast as I could. But I've been there 14 times. This will be my 15th Dolphin Jet game. We'll be doing the PFN tailgate out there at MetLife Stadium before the game. Uh, so make sure to look at that. PFN365 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Dolphins laying nine and a half. Forty and a half is the total. Uh, I was going to – I can't even remember the guy's name who's starting at quarterback for the Jets. That's how much of Tim an impact Boyle. he's made. There we go. Tim Broyle is going to be the quarterback yeah. for the Jets. Um, I, I'm kind of upset that it is not Zach Wilson. I would rather it be Zach Wilson, but I we'll get your thoughts on this game. We'll, we'll start with you, Kyle, because I know who Brian's taking, so I'm going to start with Kyle instead. Yeah, I mean, getting this number around the key number of 10 is interesting, but I'm not going to play a divisional game at this kind of number right now. I know I just took – I didn't want to do it with Washington and Dallas. I'm not going to do it here, so I'm not playing that. I will segment the game and take the Jets in the first quarter plus the two-and-a-half points. Listen, you're coming off of Thanksgiving, so these guys might be tired anyway, but that's been the Dolphins' thing all season long. Last five games, they haven't won a single first quarter. I get that they get there more often than not when all is said and done, but they've sleptwalked through the first quarter. A weird Friday game in the middle of an afternoon. It's going to mess up the body clock off of a holiday. I think we're looking at Jets plus 2.5 in the first quarter if I'm playing this game at all. It's weird you say that because I wrote something prior to the Carolina game which was about a month ago, that the Dolphins were the best first quarter team in football. And they had covered the first quarter in them. each of the first five games, averaging two, t- they were averaging pretty much two touchdowns a game. Of course, yeah. that included the inflated 70. And the Carolina Panthers were the worst fourth first quarter team 14 in the game, <laughs> having only scored one touchdown the entire season. And it was a, it was a pick six. So my play for that podcast and for that article was Dolphins first quarter. And it was 14 nothing Carolina. So it was not my best bet of the year. That being said, you are right. The Dolphins have slept, walked through a bunch of first quarters since that hot start. 14 nothing to Carolina. Didn't score against the Eagles. I don't even remember what they did against the Patriots. They were obviously down 7 nothing to the Chiefs. They were down to the Raiders. You have a point there, but I don't think it's going to be an issue against the Jets. He took the Jets first quarter. Brian, I'm scared to ask where you're going with this one. Yeah, I got to say, I got burned by uh, Dolphins' uh, woes to start games in recent weeks. Last week, when I had their over for the first half of 14 and a half, got hooked, got 14. Mm. That touchdown got called back, is what it is. But yeah, you know that I'm on the Jets in this one. That's not my strongest play here. The only reason why I'm signing with them, just because this Dolphins team, they've gone against really good defenses. And I'm going to say, the Bills earlier in the season, when they're at full strength, I'm not calling Eagles a good defense, but a good defensive line. And then the Chiefs, there's offense hasn't hit on the same cylinders that they did against those really weak defenses. 20 points against the Bills, 17 against the Eagles, 14 against the Chiefs. And this Jets defense is still among one of the three best in the NFL. Now that's up to 10 at some places, that just seems like too many points in my opinion. But I'm really like the under here more in this one. You have Tim Boyle starting. 
Jets haven't have scored like one touchdown their last 15 quarters, something like that. There are three, only three of their games have gone over this year. And I don't think the Dolphins are going to blow them out and put enough points offensively to the point where this total does go over 41. And to give your Dolphins credit, their defense looks a lot better than it did earlier in the season, especially with uh, Jalen Ramsey coming back. And pretty sure you guys are fully healthy on that side of the ball or as close as it gets to it. And this is still considered a short week. It's Friday. And unders usually hit better on those shorter weeks. And as long as the Jets are playing in a game and the total is below, I mean, the total is at 41 someplace right now. That's a relative key number. So I like the under this one even more than uh, the Jets. Yeah, you bring up the Dolphins defense, and you know I love to isolate different areas of offense, defense, defense, offense when it comes to betting. And, you know, nine and a half, ten is a lot, especially on a road in a short week. Um, it's hard for me to take an under in any Dolphins game knowing what their offense is, is capable of, but you're right. Jets have one of the top defenses, and the Dolphin offense has been held in check. Adam Beasley wrote about it on PFN, uh, profootballnetwork.com, hyphen Miami Dolphins. It's there if you want to read about how their offense has been struggling. So I'm really going to isolate what you just talked about. You, you talked about really bad Jets offense and really improved Dolphins defense. With Jalen Ramsey there, that Dolphin defense is a completely different defense. Last three games they've allowed on defense, not counting scoop sixes and all that, 17, 14, and 13 the last two game, last three games. The 13 last week versus the, the Raiders included six free ones where two two turnovers by the Dolphins led to a three-and-out field goal, three-and-a-half field goal for the Raiders, so six of their points were, were gifts. Um, the defense is really buttoned up. Jalen Ramsey makes it an absolute game-changer. And you talk about the Jets offense that is averaging 15 points per game. That's 30th in the league, only better than the Patriots and the Giants, and you don't really want to be in those categories. You mentioned one touchdown in 15 quarters, and now you're going to add the dynamic that they're having a guy make his basically his NFL debut, first start. First starts in NFL don't really do well. Um, don't think the Jets offense is going to be any better. It's not like they're going to surprise the Dolphins with anything. So I'm going to isolate the Jets team total. It's on the other side of the 14 at 14 and a half. Uh, that's, you know, a key number with that. So I'm going to go under 14 and a half. You know, if the Jets score more than 14 and a half, it's probably not going to be a very good game in my estimation. So whether this goes over the game total or not, probably looking in the neighborhood of, in my guesstimation, a 27 to seven type game. So I'm going to go under the 14 and a half. This quarterback is so bad that the spread went up after Zach Wilson got benched. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stunning. We're going to do a piece today on Pro Football Network that, that Dallas Robbins is going to write about. This could be the worst quarterback situation we've seen in the NFL in some recent time. Um, he's going to be, I believe, the I can't remember the number, but whatever number rookie quarterback that's going to make his start is the most in the NFL um, you look around the league, some of the quarterbacks that are starting and the backup quarterbacks are there. It's kind of astounding that a guy like, you know, Tim Boyle would be starting an NFL game. And, you know, not many people have heard of Clayton Toon until a couple of weeks ago or Josh Dobbs. And I know Josh Dobbs has been a great story, but who thought we'd be talking Josh Dobbs in 2023 in November? So NFL quarterbacks have not been good, especially the backup quarterbacks. And we're going to see one in New York. Um, or New Jersey, technically. So I'm going to go with the team total under 14 and a half. Kyle's taking the first quarter line with the Jets, and Brian's going to be leaning Jets 10, also likes the under 40 and a half, 41. So anything to add, gentlemen, as we wrap up our podcast of the three Thanksgiving games and Black Friday? Not on my end. We're going to have uh, SGP articles out for every one of these games. So if if you're juiced, like if uh... – 
point spread at even money isn't good enough for you, come come take a trip down the same game parlay streets. We'll get you set with something in the four, five, six to one range. Brian, anything yep. else you want to sell? Yeah, in addition to Kyle's same game parlay articles for each of these four games, we're going to have our general picks articles for each of these four games, plus player props and touchdown score bets. There we go. All on pfnbetting.com. Follow PFN Betting on Twitter as well at PFN Betting. I'm going to sell two things, whatever already sold on the show. PFNmerch.com for all your PFN merch merchandise for the holiday season. Take advantage of Black Friday deals and go to PFNmerch.com. And of course, go to PFN right now and click on the ESPN bet link and get yourself $250 in bonus bets by putting in the code PFN. Uh, get it while it lasts. It won't be up there forever. $250 in Bonus bets, me and the CEO of the company drove up to the Massachusetts border last week to uh, to take advantage of the special and play some futures out there. Unfortunately, Mr. Kanata did not win his 14-leg parlay. All of my stuff is still live. Um, doesn't matter. I could spend two hours in the car convincing him never to take over four-leg parlays. He did not listen. So for Kyle Soppy and Brian Lewis, this is David Behrman, hoping you enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday and your families, and hopefully you're, again, you don't have to bet them all, but if you do, hopefully we gave you some good betting advice. And we'll see you on Monday as we talk about the Monday Night Football game.